consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. I've been given a bad break, but I've got an awful lot to live for. Hey guys, it's David Burns from Baseball Jobs Overseas, and this is episode number 77 of the International Baseball Community Podcast. Today we have Owen Reed back on the podcast. He will be telling us about his new job working for himself as a mobile coach and international baseball consultant. It is pretty amazing. The guy's literally traveled the world uh, to such places as the United Arab Emirates, Kuwait, Saudi Arabia, Bangladesh, Kyrgyzstan, and uh, many more. So without further ado, let's get on with this very informative, inspirational podcast that is really tailored to anybody in the baseball world, especially those guys on our website, website that are traveling the world and are kind of uh, in a funk, not sure what they're going to do post-baseball career. Uh, this this can give you some good information as to what maybe is out there for you and how you can start working towards it now while you're playing overseas. Let's get on with this podcast episode number 77 with Owen Reed. Owen, welcome back to the podcast. David, thanks for having me. It's great to be on here again with you and have a chance to talk about baseball. Yeah, so uh, yeah, it's always. I think this is our sixth time around, seventh time around, and uh, but this time it's uh, you got a little something else going on. So I I really am looking forward to learning more about what you do. Uh, but to get started, just to give them a little teaser, uh, anyone that's listened to this episode, can you give us the thirty second elevator pitch of what you are currently doing right now, and then we'll backtrack a little bit. So I am an international baseball consultant. I offer mobile baseball coaching. And what that means is I'm based in one location, but I travel to numerous locations throughout the world coaching baseball from young kids who've never been exposed to the sport and who may not even speak English all the way up to national team players and every age, experience level and background in between. Okay, and, and the majority of that, it, that's outside of the U.S. So where you're based and where you travel to is outside the U.S. That's right. I live in Singapore and have for the last five and a half years. And I've traveled now to five different continents where baseball has been able to allow me to go and, and make an impact. Yeah, yeah. I've been following your, your career. Obviously, I'm a little more informed than anyone else that's listening. But uh, I would still like to hear um, the timeline of your your baseball career outside of the U.S. since you left the U.S., since you graduated from college. If you can um, kind of summarize, I know it's it, it's not easy to summarize that because you've done a lot, but if you can just uh, remind any old listeners or or give some insight into new to new listeners uh, what you've been doing since you graduated college and where how it's led to where you are now. Well, now that we've entered a new decade, I feel extremely old, so... If we rewind the clock all the way back to when it began internationally for me, it was 2009, and it began in Austria, in your hood, and we had a chance to play against one another, and that's where we met. Um, But that was my first international baseball experience, uh, authentic one, where I wasn't just visiting for a week or two. And so that exposed me to baseball outside of North America, which was brand new for me. It showed me there was another world of opportunities through the game. And I was excited to continue exploring it. And so that led me to my first true coaching experience where I was on my own, which was in New Zealand. 
And he gave me an opportunity to come and coach, had some equipment and said, coach them up. So I started to really understand what it meant to communicate with players of all ages and experience levels and really interest levels in the game. And then that opportunity brought me back to Austria again for another season in another league with a different team. And so in that role, I was player coach and I had to conduct practices in three different languages or my, the best of my ability in those in German, Spanish, and English. Mm-hmm. And it really challenged my time management, put that to the test, and it showed me again that you know baseball can give me so much more than what I realized it could as a player. So then Austria led me to another opportunity in a different part of the world, and that was Australia. And what I thought was going to be one season of baseball in the land down under turned out to be four years of, of my life. And I played for three different teams, and I ended up working for a professional team as well in the front office, worked in player development, coached on the Australian Baseball League staff there in, with the Perth Heat, met my wife, and from that position in Australia was recommended for a role that brought me to Asia, to Singapore. And so in 2014, I moved to, to Singapore to operate a, a facility and lead a staff of coaches. So we built out the brand and the business in Singapore and throughout the, the region. And then we opened another facility in Indonesia. And it was about two and a half years into that role that I realized it was it wasn't the same level of desire and passion that I had. And so I just knew I needed to, to move on. And so I did, I didn't know what I was going to do. And it was kind of at a crossroads where I could, Hey, I could go become a teacher. I could go away from baseball and you know, have an office job, or I could try to find a way to stay in the game. And I chose the latter or the latter chose me. And Ended up then starting my own brand, my own business, Read Baseball. And I liked Singapore a lot. My wife had shifted over here from Western Australia, and we now call it home and haven't looked back since. Wow. (laughs) I'm impressed how well you went right through that. I mean, that is quite the story, and I think a lot of guys that are maybe listening to this that have been overseas for a number of years – they didn't get these other opportunities like working in a front office or these opportunities to continue in the game of baseball overseas outside of playing. So what do you think, what's the difference? Did these things just fall in your lap or or were you actively seeking, all right, I'm trying to start to prepare my post-playing career now while I'm playing overseas by volunteering, by, you know, putting my hand up. So what are some of the things that you did to create some of these opportunities? Well, from the beginning, David, it was for me all about the experiences and the opportunities that could come from those experiences. So I was very persistent from the beginning, and in my mind, I knew what I wanted. I wanted to see the world, and as I, as I started to learn, baseball was the ticket to do that. It was an opportunity to get me to different parts of the world, and it very much, it truly became a global game for me at that time, and exposed me to so much more that I did not realize existed through the game. So, as as I was playing, I was looking at, at other ways to stay in the game post playing. I knew that I wouldn't be able to play forever, but certainly wanted to play as long as, as I could. And I wanted to be the one that made the decision when I stopped. 
So fortunately, I was in that position, and it was kind of a natural transition into coaching, into player development, and then once I realized that I had a passion for it and I could make a positive impact, it, it became a no-brainer for me that this is, this is what I needed to be doing, and it's, it's truly what I love to do. Yeah, so the, it, it basically took overseas and trying out different things. You tried the administrative thing. You've tried the, the hands-on coaching thing, working with the youth. Uh, it just took some, some experimenting and putting your hand up for different things and, and uh, to really discover what your, your true passion in the game is outside of, outside of playing, which is where it all starts. Um, That's right. Yeah. So how long would you say you've been 100% employed in the game of baseball, like have you have you had to take on second jobs to support? Because I know there's not a lot of money in baseball overseas, and we all need to put food on the table. Um, so, are, have you been 100% employed in the game of baseball all this time? I feel very fortunate that I can say I feel like the last real job that I had was when I delivered didn't deliver newspapers. I wrote for the hometown newspaper in Missouri, in my hometown, when I was 16. Now, I, I kind of say that jokingly, but the reality is we, we as international baseball people, we've got to be thrifty, we've got to be resourceful, we've got to find ways to, as you said, put food on the table and exist where we are because many of these locations that I've been able to experience and call home are not the, the, the least expensive parts of the world. You know, we're talking Vienna, Austria, we're talking Australia, we're talking Singapore. So... I have in the past, I've had other jobs from working in a warehouse to working for a clothing company to some manual labor to pick up some cash here and there. But really, baseball as an exclusive profession has, it's been what I've done exclusively since probably 2013. That's excellent. So for the last... The last seven years, it's been all that I've done to to, to earn a living. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and that's always kind of the the thing with uh, people that have been in your shoes overseas, where they've they've played in a couple of countries, they've coached uh, some youth teams while they're doing that, uh, and they want to continue because obviously traveling the world and playing the game and being involved in the game is a lot of fun. But they always start feeling this pressure, like, okay, I need to. Um, I need to be progressing with my life. I need to start thinking about, okay, what my career is going to be. Uh, a lot of them want to stay in the game. Uh, overseas is definitely a, a place, and you've shown that, that you can build that resume. Um, you can be proactive while you're overseas. Uh, there's a lot of downtime, as we both know, while you're overseas. I mean, I host imports for six years, and I've witnessed firsthand that they often get bored sitting around waiting for the next practice and the next game. And that's time that you can use to not only travel but be proactive in, pro, uh, you know, in progressing your career or building your resume by maybe putting your hand up for some things. Maybe it's volunteer. So, uh, yeah, I mean, how many times have you volunteered since you've been overseas? Or maybe you can name a couple of roles that were 100% volunteer roles that helped build that resume. Certainly. I can, I can definitely count numerous times where whether it was as a front office employee in the, in the Perth Heat organization with the Australian Baseball League, or if it was something that I was doing as a youth coach, there were, there were numerous times where you go along to an event Maybe it's a networking opportunity. Maybe it's something where it's 
it is then mutually beneficial to the organization that you're with. But at the same time, if you parlay that into something that can benefit you, then it's just that. Then it's an opportunity for you to either grow your network, meet someone that who can give you another opportunity, or who can make a positive impact on on what you're trying to achieve. Yeah, exactly. Can you can you um, describe the name of the position in the front office with the Perth Heat? Just how is it listed on your resume? Because I just want to hear how impressive it sounded. So you know, because you know that's obviously one of those those things that you know you have on your resume that make people go, "Oh, that's interesting. Look what he did there." And then that just adds to your overall perceived value and and everything that you've done, whether you're paid or not. It doesn't matter. Sure. So at that time, I was, I guess my title would have been operations and marketing manager. So I worked with, I worked closely with our general manager and the other staff members to produce content on social media. Uh, This was a little bit before the the current revolution of social media, which is just everything all the time in your face. And we also did appearances, both with mascots, with players, it was managing the venue and ensuring that anytime we opened up for a game that either food vendors, uh, ticket vendors, merchandise, et cetera, were all in order. And just making sure that the game day experience was as good as it could be for our fans and spectators coming along. Perfect. So all this led to where you are now, uh, which is the, what I want to get into. I don't want to go too, down too many other rabbit holes because this is the, the point of, of interviewing today is to talk about your current role. And so that was just one other thing that you added to your resume for when you decided I'm going to create my own brand and present myself to the world. And this is what I bring to the table. Uh, so now you're an uh, international baseball consultant slash mobile coach. Can you – um, go into a little more detail uh, as to what you do on a consulting basis or a mobile coach basis. Um, can you just describe in a little more detail outside of that 30-second elevator pitch that we began with as to what you do now um, in Reed Baseball? So everything from doing one-on-one lessons with individual players to doing small group sessions or specialty clinics to working with teams, to working with entire leagues or associations, coach education programs, training programs and curriculums for for teams or leagues, built up a, a couple of academies in a, different, a few different locations that I've worked, and also having an emphasis in, on the fitness side of things, so from strength and conditioning to speed and agility to functional movements that allow kids who are learning about their bodies to utilize them as best as they can on the baseball field, but also try to get the most out of maybe someone who's a little bit more developed physically and then needs to add some strength or needs to add some power or flexibility or mobility, whatever it might be. And then an area of space that I've really started to delve into over the last couple of years is mental conditioning and mindfulness. So mental skills and tapping into what's between the ears and not necessarily focusing exclusively on the physical skills or how we throw a pitch, how we catch a ball, swing a bat. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I mean, that's a, that's pretty comprehensive what you can offer any baseball organization. How do you approach them and, and get them to buy into this and bring you aboard for a, a period of time? Can you give us like maybe an example of an organization you worked for 
um, how you approach them and then and, and ended up um, coming to an agreement where you come in and work with that team or that league or, or, or can you can you give us a specific example of how you went about that? Because I think a lot of guys are like, hey, that, that sounds great. How do I do that? <laughs> Not that uh, you know we want to create too much competition for you out there, but I don't think anyone can compete with you there, Owen. So uh, feel free to. <laughs> <laughs> now, I think the, the thing that I've, I've latched on to early and been able to maintain is, is just the, the trust, the respect, and the rapport with the individual or the group that that I'm, uh, that I'm servicing or that I'm, that I'm consulting with. And if you take it back to several years ago when I met some people at an international tournament and through conversations, you know, they expressed express an interest in having some professional level coaching to work with their players and their league and their organization, including parent volunteers and coaches who are there on the ground. And through conversations like that, it became clear that there was an opportunity to service and to provide my expertise, my passion, my energy to people who are outside of North America and in the different parts of the world that do love baseball and don't have the opportunity to be exposed to high-level coaching to help them get better and continue loving the game. So to bring it back to your, your initial question, it comes down to just building that trust, building those relationships, and then being transparent through the conversations. You know, what do you need? What are the areas that you'd like to focus on? Where would you like to improve? And maybe it's not always a fit. Yeah, there have been times where where maybe I am not the best person to come in and, and help or try to provide assistance. But there have been a number of times where it's been a really good fit, and those are those are relationships that I've continued to maintain and are longstanding partnerships. Yeah, and this all stems from those interactions you had in the various roles you've had overseas and those impressions you've left and those connections you've made. So that's allowed you to launch your own brand and then you uh, leverage those connections and those relationships you've built to get your first gigs, uh, for lack of a better term, overseas as a, as a consultant or a, as a mobile coach. So. Uh, can you kind of give us a couple of the highlights of some of the um, jobs you've taken on? Well, I try to capture those in in some of the content that I produce on social media, which is very limited. But I'm growing and learning from you and your guys and your team. But you're doing a great job. <laughs> Thank you. I think the certainly some of the highlights, some of the more unique experiences, would be places that I've been that that baseball is just so foreign that if you see someone in a baseball uniform, it's almost as though you've seen an alien or you've seen a dinosaur. And <laughs> to go to, to go into a place like Dhaka, Bangladesh, and to take a rickshaw from where I'm staying through the, you know, the dirty, crowded, polluted streets to the school where I'm coaching baseball that's an experience, you know. That's not something that that you can you can really put into words. It's you can almost taste it when you're there, <laughs> and and I don't necessarily mean that in a healthy way. Yeah. But an experience like that is just is wow. it's incredible, and I've been fortunate to have that one a few times, and and we'll have it a couple more times this year. And another place, another unique experience that I was able to to enjoy this past summer was in Kyrgyzstan in Central Asia. And 
there was a small soccer field tucked in between these two enormous rock formations with a little creek running down below. And it just looked like a, a scene out of a movie. It didn't look like a place that, that anything would take, take place or anything would happen, let alone would I be teaching kids English, but also how to play baseball. And it was, it, it truly was one of those experiences that you, that I, that I tried to just stay as present as I could and, and embrace every little moment from a kid saying a word in English for the first time to them get, getting it out as a team to someone scoring a run for their team. It was just those small victories in moments like that, where you're in a, you're in a place that you shouldn't really even be, and you shouldn't, you definitely shouldn't be there for baseball. So just try to appreciate those types of moments and those experiences. So those would be a couple that certainly stand out. Yeah, I mean, I've seen the videos, and, and they're amazing to watch. I can only imagine what it's like in real life. Um, it, what kind of the questions that came to mind when I saw those videos, um, <coughs> excuse me, is how did you end up there? Like, how did you connect with anybody in baseball? Like, I didn't even think that there would be baseball in, was it Kazakhstan, you said? Kyrgyzstan and Bangladesh. Oh, geez, I need to uh, start doing my research beforehand a little better. But anyway, um, how did you connect um, or how did you end up in those countries? And, and I didn't think that they would have any sort of budget to invest in baseball to bring in a mobile coach to work with their kids. So Kyrgyzstan was quite a unique, a unique one, but definitely a baseball story and a baseball connection. I was actually at the ABCA convention in Dallas at the start of 2019 and I met and spent some time with a nonprofit organization there, and they're called Play Global. They're based out of the U.S., and they run projects throughout the world and, and impart wisdom on young people, and boys and girls, about baseball, about the beauty of the game, and that it can teach life lessons through uh, teamwork and sportsmanship and perseverance and on and on and on. It's just a, an organization that, that really is doing great things to try to transcend the game. And so through conversations, I was intrigued by some of the opportunities that the organization had been able to pursue. And we had some nice discussions. And this opportunity in Kyrgyzstan was presented as one that, that I could take advantage of. And so through some, some dialogue and some research and some thinking, it was it was one that I didn't want to pass up. It fit in well with my schedule, and that's how it came to fruition. So, Play Global has has run summer camps in Kyrgyzstan for the last several years, and they've sent a sent a different coach each time to teach baseball, which is a component of the summer camp that they run through the American Councils of International Education. So you've really carved out a niche here for yourself. Uh, w- would you say there's many people that are doing this or are you, are you in terms of the mobile coaching? I'm sure that there are people throughout the world uh, who travel to go coach or provide a service as a, as a baseball coach or as an instructor. I'm not familiar with anyone who maybe does it to the extent that I do and, and is able to call it a, their full-time job. Yeah, and is that the the bulk of Reed baseball is the mobile coaching, or is the consult is it kind of split fifty fifty with the consulting part of it? Um, how would you? They kind of work. They work hand in hand. Uh, the bulk of what I do, uh, obviously, 
every every bit of coaching that I do takes place outside of Singapore where, where I reside. Yeah. So when I travel for work, it's it's for work. And when I when I go to coach remotely, there's an element to what I do that that I, that I bring with me or that I have with me at home. And that's the the consulting part is that whether it's through phone calls, emails, uh, creating programs remotely or virtually that then allow what I do hands-on, what I do in person when I'm on the ground to be smoother and to be more mainstream rather than just showing up and saying, okay, what do we do now? Yeah. So have you, have you worked with leagues in, in, have you consulted like as a league use you as a consultant to help grow their league, improve their league? Yes, I, I have done that. I, I do that on an ongoing basis with an organization in Saudi Arabia and would look to continue to Im- improve both from a, a participation standpoint but also a, a retention standpoint. And, and we look to try to better what we did the year before, whether it's um, in a specific – so from T-ball right up through to juniors baseball – there are elements that we try to continue to improve and enhance from season to season. Do you have any hands-on like uh, working with coaches, like using Europe? Any throw a dart at a map in Europe at a club, and they're going to tell you that it's an ongoing struggle to get kids interested in baseball and retain kids, and then of course develop the kids. So um, that's that's an ongoing um, headache, I would say, or uh, maybe that's the wrong word. Ongoing challenge is probably the right word for many clubs in Europe. So have you been employed by um, any clubs or leagues to help to consult with their coaches, help their coaches uh, um, and the organization in general to develop the youth program? I haven't in Europe, but I do run coach education courses in a number of places that I go each year, uh, working with coaches or parent volunteers so that when I leave, it's not all the information, all the knowledge, all the energy is not going with me. There's elements of what I do that can stay there. There's information that can be shared, whether it's through drills or, or content or just an understanding of the game and how to maybe construct a practice or relate to kids. So in that sense, yes, I do coach coaches and I, I do run coach education programs in some of the places that I go. And it's, it's a huge part of, of what I feel is important in, for the development of the game because I just know the the value of a coach or a parent who is leading you as a young person can have on the development and of your interest in staying in the game. I'd like to take advantage of while we're on this topic because we do have a lot of our members overseas that are, you know, they, they sign up because they want to go play baseball. And you know that playing baseball usually comes hand in hand with also helping out as an assistant coach or, or, or maybe doing some school projects. Uh, and a lot of these young guys overseas find themselves in a situation where they're working with kids that don't speak English. <laughs> and uh, sometimes they're at a school project and there's 30 kids. And then sometimes they're at uh, the club's youth practice and there's four kids. Uh, so there's like different extremes as to, okay, what do I do with these kids? You know, uh, those are maybe like two of the extremes. Um, but you know how it is overseas sometimes. Uh, yeah, you, you'll really have four or six kids out to practice. So do you have any tips uh, uh, for some of these guys that might be listening as to 
how they can um, best manage these situations and make the most of these situations so that the kids get something out of it. And of course, uh, it makes it a little easier on them as well. Definitely. I think the, the biggest thing that I've learned as a coach and as a coach that's had to do a lot of coaching without a, without a team of coaches or without a staff, if you will, is preparation wins. Not every time, but if you're prepared, you're going to go in and not only feel confident about what you're doing, but also you get the respect from others who, who then can see that you're prepared. And then you have a plan, and it doesn't always go to plan. Things don't always end up the way you want them to, and certainly with kids, anything can happen. But I would say that the biggest thing is to be prepared. So if you can arm yourself with, if you're going to be working with 30 kids, hopefully those 30 kids have a teacher or teachers that are with them. And so you've got two or three other adults that can help supervise, be another set of eyes, another set of ears, and just to kind of corral bodies at times. And then I would say the next biggest thing is if you've got that many kids, your, your equipment and how you utilize it is extremely important. So sometimes you might be in a gymnasium or you might be in, a, in an outdoor space that's shared with the soccer team that's practicing next to you or the cheerleading team that's next to you. So you might be pigeoned into a small space. So finding ways to utilize things like tennis balls or buckets or cones and markers to do things, whether it's base running, throwing, receiving, target practice, on and on and on, terminology. There's plenty of things that can be done in a small space, even with kids or even in other teachers who don't have experience in the game can have a good time. And I would say that the last point that is probably the most important part of all of this is I want the kids to have fun. And if they're not having fun, they're going to lose interest. They're going to be defiant. You're probably going to lose their respect at the same time. And then at that point, things start to unravel. So make sure they have fun. Give them lots of touches on the ball, the bat, running, whatever it is. Get them involved and active as much as you can so that there's minimal standing, minimal to no standing around or waiting. And that means breaking up into groups or into stations and rotating, quick rotations and being a presence that gives them the confidence that what they're doing, whether it's the first time or they've done it thousands of times, is good. You know, positive reinforcement and encouragement so that they're, they're not deflated that they didn't catch the ball or they're not deflated that they didn't hit the ball, but rather they're, they're encouraged that they took a good swing or that they had the right technique to try to catch the ball. So that part of it, I think, weaves back into the fun and – Lastly, as a, as a coach, you just there's an element of, of energy and positivity that I think all of us have to have. We have to bring, especially when working with kids. Yeah. There was a lot of good information right there. Uh, what a couple things that came out of it for me were obviously the organization ahead of time. Is, that's that's key right there. I couldn't agree more. And you mentioned the cones. Uh, if you if you can be organized ahead of time to the point where you know the equipment that is at your disposal. Like find out what equipment is at your disposal ahead of time instead of being there in the moment going, okay, what do I have? <laughs> so knowing the space you're going to be working in, the size of the space, um, cones are huge, especially when they don't speak English. You could flop down a cone and just point to it and say, stand there, <laughs> right? So cones are always big because, uh, I, you know, I did a number of school projects here uh, with the athletics. Um, so I've been through a lot of it too and, and – 
I learned from my mistakes and a lot of what you just said made a lot of sense. And I think anyone that wants to come up with some ideas of things they can do with large groups of kids that don't speak English to make it fun, they just go to your Instagram. Basically, is all they need to do is go to your Instagram, look at some of the things you do, and they're pretty simple, right? Like you, you don't get too complicated. You just get a glove, get a ball, bounce against a wall, catch it. So I will say, if you, if you don't mind, you brought up a great point as well, David, the, the, the word simplicity. And I think at times as coaches, we have we have a tendency to try to overcomplicate things, and we're in we're in an age now where there's information and data about everything. And that data can be used and, and be very beneficial. I think at the same time, though, simplicity wins. You know, you're talking about some of the most basic things, tossing a ball up to yourself and catching it. But for kids who haven't been exposed to the game before, or even kids, players who are around the game and are baseball players, there are ways that you can make that more challenging. There are ways that you can add different elements to that to be to tailor to that specific person or the level of their play. And I think that I'm a victim of it as well, that at times I, I do forget just how simple the dialogue, how simple the communication, how simple the drill or the movement can be, but still very functional and very practical. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I've, I've been guilty of that myself too, trying to squeeze in as much as possible, to teach them as much as possible into a short period of time, and then you end up just – getting frazzled and and the kids confused whereas if you keep it simple maybe you, you know you do three things and uh and then an extension on each one so you start basic and then just extend it a little further but it's the same concept so you don't have to explain something all over again um that is kind of the the best approach i found anyway um so now you are now working for yourself full-time in international baseball how happy are you about that? You you got to be just enjoying life at this point because I'm looking at your timeline and the, a lot of the things you had to do to grind to get to where you are. That's basically what you did. Is you it was a grind and now uh, a good grind, mind you. I'm sure you enjoyed it the whole way. But here you are now. You are working for yourself. You're traveling the world. Um, from the outside looking in, anyone's gonna be like, "Wow, man, that guy's got it made. Like, what a job." So. How is it? Are you are you like loving what you're doing right now? That's a dumb question because of course you're going to say yes. Well, well, I'll be honest. It, it's it is something that I that I do love, and if I didn't love it, I don't think that that I could do what I'm doing because it's all it's all self driven, it's all uh, self created, and it's all it, it's based on me. It, it depends on me to to create it, to book the travel, to coordinate it, to fill out my schedule, to liaise with, with, uh, the clients. And if I didn't love it, if I didn't understand the value of, of that kind of the work in the trenches or the administrative side of it, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. You know, if I didn't love it, then it wouldn't be worth my time to prepare like that. But I do. And to answer your second question, I feel, I feel beyond fortunate I am. I am. I try not to let a day go by where I don't extend some gratitude or don't feel grateful and express that to the people who have either made this possible for me, who've allowed me to to continue on this journey, or who continue to support me in the journey. And the biggest one, of course, is my wife, who has a big girl job and allows me to, you know, be the person that I am and. Mm-hmm 
continue to travel the world and, and call baseball my, my profession. So without her as, as the, the pillar in our family and the rock and someone that, that allows us to be in this part of the world, well, maybe I'm doing something different. So I, again, I try not to let a day go by where, where I don't think about that and pinch myself and then reflect on it positively. And even outwardly, I think it's important to express that and to let the people who have made an impact know just how important they are to, to your journey and where you are today. hundred percent, you know, and, and you, you need to thank yourself too for putting in the, the, um, the time and effort and, um, the love of the game to develop the game. That's where it all stems from is, is you were out there sharing your knowledge, being an ambassador of the game. And then it's only led to good things. And I, you know, it was, we, I think it was about two years ago that we we had a, a Skype call and you were at that crossroads um, where you were looking for the next thing and you were trying to figure it out. And I think you were using me a bit, as a bit of a sounding board and, and then you, you moved on to mobile coaching. Next thing I found out, you're a mobile coach or you were just starting it then and you weren't sure. Or I, I, So just so for anyone listening that's kind of unsure what the next step is, uh, it's there's always a next step. You just need to look for it. You need to find it. You need to talk to those people around you um, and utilize the resources that you have and then just go for it. You need to take some risks, and I know you've taken some risks, and you probably went into this not 100% sure if this is going to fly, uh, if I'm guessing right, and, uh, and now look where you are. Absolutely, and you couldn't be more right with everything you just said there, that there were times, just like for all of us, that that I doubted the decision or that I wasn't sure if it was the right thing to do just because as the human nature is that, you know, you want it to be right and you want it to be comfortable and you want it to feel good, but that's not always the case. And, and I really tried to use, I suppose that, that whole approach and that whole understanding and, and weave it through my, my coaching, my interaction with baseball players and coaches is, you know, these are life lessons that I've learned along the way through my journey. And I think that they can be applied and, and correlated to the game directly and using baseball as a vehicle as a vehicle for me to see the world is kind of what I'm doing literally but then figuratively using baseball as a metaphor for for life and and teaching lessons through baseball and and understanding the importance of of developing the person before developing the baseball player that's really kind of where I find myself now is, is as I've branched out and I've, I've created my own brand and, and, and as such have been able to, to produce and mold and recreate my own identity as a coach and as a baseball person, I, I truly feel that, that at the moment I'm, I'm close to the best version of myself. I'm, I'm not there yet. Still got some work to do, but through these experiences that you've referenced, and the people that I've been able to interact with have been fortunate to come across through baseball. It, it really has allowed me to learn a lot, and I'm, I'm just doing my best to recycle that information and those experiences so that the people I come into contact with can benefit earlier than I did from the information. Yeah, no, I mean, this, is, this has been great. Like I, Everything that you've, you've said from the beginning of this episode – to the end has been uh, a nice learning lesson for anybody out there that is looking for trying to find their way. And, and you're a prime example of that. Before we uh, wrap this up, how are, what are your plans for 2020? Uh, are you booked up? Are you, are you, is your schedule going to be full? Uh, are you looking for, for work still? And where, where are you heading? 
Uh, where are you going in the world? So the beauty of, of working for myself and, and having my wife to answer to as the, as the only other person in my employment, if you will, it's, it's nice. We get to sit down well in advance and, and plot out our, our schedule, you know, our, our personal travel and, and build baseball and my, my trips around that. So we usually work around eight to 10 months in advance, sometimes up to 12 months, depending on, on our circumstances. So yes, the first, the first eight months of the first nine months rather of this year for me are, are booked. They're, they're busy and there's a lot of travel. I'll be spending a lot of time in airplanes and airports but that's a good thing. That's by design. And some of the places I'll be going, I'll, I'll be returning to Saudi Arabia. I'll be returning to Kuwait, the United Arab Emirates. I'll be returning to Bangladesh. And then I have a, a few places that are, that are on my radar for, for heading back to. Dates aren't exactly solidified, but also a couple that are, are some new places that I'm excited to hopefully explore as well. Excellent. Uh, where can uh, anyone that's listening, uh, if they want to get in touch, where can they find you? So at the Reed Baseball is my handle, and that's just the T H E, and then Reed is my last name R E I D Baseball, all one word. At the Reed Baseball, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, got a few videos on YouTube, and I'm on LinkedIn as well. So any any of the above. And uh, my website is readbaseball.com. So all the information is at any of those any of those places, and they kind of connect one to the other. So I'd, I'd love to hear from anyone who's listening and has an interest in pursuing an international baseball opportunity or career. That's great, uh, and I know you're an old, you're 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 a guy that likes to help. So whether it's whether it's um, some uh, an organization looking to potentially bring you in, or somebody just looking for advice, I, I know that um, you're available and open to conversation. So, uh, on a parting note, are you ready for this? Rapid fire, rapid fire. Name every country you've traveled to. Every country I've traveled to yes. in the world. Can you do it? I could, I could name all the countries I've coached baseball in. How about that? Let's do that. That's easier. Because okay. we don't have another 40 minutes for every country you've traveled. <laughs> well, I've been fortunate. I, I will give you a number. My, my number of countries is 55. Wow. Yeah, I think you got so a couple there. Been to 55, and I have given some thought to the countries that I've coached in. And I'll do my best here. All right. Australia, Austria, Bangladesh, China, Germany, Great Britain, Indonesia, Italy, Japan, Kyrgyzstan, Kuwait, New Zealand. Saudi Arabia, Serbia, Singapore, Taiwan, Thailand, Tunisia, United Arab Emirates, and the United States of America. Very good. You're, you're going to call me back later and say, oh, I forgot to or something. But well, now that I think of it, I'm, I'm speaking to, to a Canadian. <laughs> 
I forgot to mention Canada. <laughs> Everyone forgets Canada all the time. <laughs> that's great. That that's just a little extra uh, incentive or motivation for anyone that's looking to use international baseball um, as an as a route for their own uh, baseball aspirations, whether it's on the field or off the field. So thanks, Owen, for your time, and good luck to you in 2020. I'm sure we'll be in touch. Hopefully, I'll run into you again. It's been since 2009. Uh, I don't know how we tend to always miss each other because you do come to Austria uh, on the odd occasion to work with the national team. So um, hopefully next time I'll be around and we'll meet up. It'd be great to see you again. And, David, thanks again for, for taking the time to listen to me and to have me on your podcast. And just want to say that everything you're doing with the international baseball community and baseball jobs overseas is phenomenal. I think that the opportunities you're giving young men and young women to see the world through the game is just incredible. So keep up the great work, and I'll enjoy following from afar. Thanks, brother. We'll be in touch for sure. All right. Excellent. Thank you. Thanks again. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening, and thanks again, Owen, for the outstanding interview full of information. Uh, If you guys want to give us a follow on Instagram, you could do so at Baseball Jobs Overseas on Instagram. And our YouTube channel is under the handle International Baseball Community. So once again, thanks for listening, and until next time, may the baseball gods be with you.